Welcome to Healing Aloud. I'm Jory. I'm Shanna Mae. We talk about things we're learning as we navigate our personal mental health. We hope you will join and learn with us as we go. Hello. So today we're going to be talking about um, how we support people in our lives who are going through difficult times. Um, And so we want to start out with just a general trigger warning that if you're going through something traumatic right now or recently that you haven't had time to really process, um, we're going to be talking about all sorts of trauma and hard things when we talk about some of the hardest periods of our lives um, in hopes that we can help um, people who have loved ones who are going through hard things know how um, you can support them and, you know, what things we found most helpful when we were going through our hard stuff. So just wanted to put that out there to start out. Um, I know that um, it's sometimes really hard as um, a friend or a family member when someone you really care about is going through something really big, something traumatic, something tragic. Um, And oftentimes we as support people um, feel inadequate or unprepared, or we feel like, um, especially if it's something that you haven't experienced yourself, it feels almost untouchable. Even for the things that like you are prepping for, like even as something as common as like giving birth, like that can also be like just a lot because everybody's so different and everybody's experiences is so different. Like it doesn't matter. Like the traumatic experiences traumatic and singular to that person yeah yeah and um it's just so easy to be like I don't know what to do or what to say and what if I say the wrong thing and so we're also going to like go over some common pitfalls but um to start out um let's go through kind of what is most helpful so you get a call or a text or you hear through um, you know, the family phone tree that um, something's happened. And like, what do you do first? Yeah. So like for me, in that instance, like, um, I, I think a lot of people know now that like, uh, our youngest daughter um, fell out of our window and um, was hospitalized for two weeks. And and that has its own, <laughs> own everything. And like, that's, and like, on top of that, like, I had a miscarriage before Sirsha. And then getting Sirsha to just make it through the pregnancy and getting here, like, all of that added up. Like, you don't get to die. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to. And like, just the, like, the helplessness that comes with that. And, mm-hmm. And I am a deep introvert. It's a surprise to everybody. (laughs) Um, I'm a deep introvert. It takes me a long time to regroup myself so I can have enough energy to just socialize in general. Uh, Socializing does not come naturally to me. Um, And the things that I felt most support is like, people who I 
I really struggle making decisions, for example. And like, this is like, you have to understand that like, like as a general thing is that like trauma is singular to everybody. And so like you get a good feel of your people. And like, if you don't know them well, like that's okay. And like, do your best. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to discriminate any of that. But like, for me, this is what I personally felt was really, really helpful in um, my miscarriage and um, and the trauma of um, Saoirse falling out of our window and, and hospital stays and stuff is like care packages. Like if the person, whether they have kids or not, like keeping in mind of like people who have kids, like care packages like in their age group like I loved that where I didn't have to think of how to entertain my children or how to keep them busy when I need space and I need a lot of it yeah and that was so good and like snacks for days like man there is a love language that comes with food like (laughs) I can't really put it into words how grateful I am for people who are like I'm giving you food at this time. This is what it's going to be. Does that work for you? Like you made all the decisions, but like still like, does that work for you? Like beautiful. I love that so much. It's just so, so helpful that like, I didn't have to make a decision and like the yes or no, or like maybe tweak it a little bit, a little bit, but just that was so good. And I really struggle asking for help a lot of people do struggle asking for help yeah I I would agree with that and like something I (laughs) it should be more out in the open to talk about like money but I feel like in our culture talking about money is so hush hush for I don't know what reason Mm -hmm. um but like having money to like like being in the hospital because money is a tool like timetables are not always predictable and like gas and therapies and all the things yeah medical care funeral costs all of you know all of these things that are you know can be traumatic experiences often come with like traumatic bills at the end of it too (laughs) yeah as if like the trauma alone isn't enough Mm -hmm. which is just awful and like you're going 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 because you have to plan for all of the things involved like that's going with like having a baby or a miscarriage where it's just like this floating and like you just can only think of like the next five minutes yeah and like barely recognizing like I might be hungry or I haven't eaten all day and it's 4 p.m or when did my kids eat last or when did my kids <laughs> eat last like maybe that's why they're so crabby like yeah. all the things and yeah I feel like those just those basic needs that basic support so helpful so I could not be in like less than survival mode I don't even know how to, what that would even be called because just that not basic so- you just don't even think about like all the things because you're not sleeping. You can hardly think about food, but you need that energy so you can be a support for like whatever other situation that is going on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'd agree that like um, 
in the immediate aftermath, the practical help is super important. Yeah. Um, and I would also say that, like, you know, if we had to go back to that, okay, you just got a phone call or a text, something um, has happened with someone that you love. And, um, and just know that, like, they are super overwhelmed. Like you said, like, making decisions is going to be hard. So you asking, like, what can I do is going to be meant with an I don't know. 95% of the time. Yes. <laughs> that was legitimately my answer all the time. <laughs> you know, and even sometimes suggestions, well, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? Is sometimes an I don't know. Um, just be okay with that. Because I think that um, even as a loved one, um, so if we back up even more, that before you can even help someone, make sure that you're okay. So if something yes. fake has happened to someone you love, you're going to have an emotional reaction to that um, because you love that person and you don't want to see them going through something hard and you are seeing them going through something hard. And so to kind of um, take a moment to kind of be okay yourself and that way um, when you do go to them to what can I do? maybe I can do this, that when you get the I don't knows or, you know, the hold tights, um, that that doesn't feel like rejection to you. Yes. And just to realize that, like, it's it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. And, like, and, and it's okay if you're in that space where, like, there there's not enough to give. Like, there is, you are not lesser because, like, you don't have that. And sometimes, like you need that space to regain yourself like do that that does more for me and for our relationship than like if you were to overexpend your yourself yeah and like no one no one needs that in that situation like I like and and even to have I have like um um a note on my phone that's that like hey I'm like in a funk and like know that I think of you and I love you and I'm not trying to ignore you and like copy and paste that because like in those times where I'm like in the thing like I I can't I don't have any energy to say anything else and yeah. so like prepping like I'm thinking of you like that's an that's also enough to shoot that text or like to write a letter and like you don't have to say anything like draw me a picture if you want like or or just whatever I don't know just to say that like I'm thinking of you is enough um yeah and I think um on that I think sometimes we worry that we're bothering mm -hmm. the person you know and be like oh they have so much on their plate they don't they don't want to hear from me I don't I'm, I'm not gonna um and I, I know that's something like I struggle with um supporting others is you know on one hand I want to be the person that you lean on and who can just, you know, move heaven and earth for you. And on the other hand, I don't want to be that person. That's overbearing or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Who is like becoming more of a burden because I'm like on top of you. I feel like, are you okay with me? Like using you as an example for. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please. Okay. So like, I really appreciated that when you were like, 
do you so uh for those who don't know like shana may and i live a state apart so that's like a solid seven minimum <laughs> drive away and like seven eight hours yeah seven eight hours and nine if like if everybody's paying. peeing their pants and throwing yeah. them along <laughs> the way or everybody needs a break every hour um but um just like I appreciate that you were like does me coming help or hinder you like how how can I get it like nope I don't want to feel like I have to host and like I really loved that you took that well because um I was already so overwhelmed and like I'm an introvert and so like I appreciate that, like, you recognize that, like, me saying no to you wasn't me saying, like, I never want to see you and, like, end of discussion. Because, uh, <laughs> like, you came recently, like, after after time so that, like, we could play. But it's, like, it's after the accident where I could, like, it's a little more settled in yeah. now. And, and like you brought a lot of fun and that I needed that after like I've had some time to settle and process and grieve a lot um and and I appreciate that you gave me the space to just be where I was and like you checked in on me like texting and um Marco Polo and stuff and that was just really nice to like I like Marco Polo because I can listen or watch them like when I want, when I have time or energy to watch or listen to them. And I, I really love that, that like you gave me time and it wasn't, I, you didn't rush me. Um, and you didn't feel like you didn't, Oh, just get over it. Because like, I've also been through a hard thing. <laughs> like, and so like, I just, I really appreciated that you gave me that grace and that compassion to process and to take my own time and my own space and my own energy to do that while still like um, giving me the support and like um, like letters and stuff like that just really that was like solid so thank you I'm glad that that went over well because I mean even though I've been through stuff I, it's always everyone's so individual. And so it's even, you know, for us, it's hard to know what is going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you felt that we struck that balance well enough. You did. And like genuinely from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Oh, of course. Um, And so, I mean, to like apply that to other people, like I'm hearing that like, what's it being okay with the answers that you're getting Mm-hmm. whether it's I need you to do nothing I need you to leave me alone or it's I need you to come here and watch my kids for the next week <laughs> you know like, whatever the range is yeah um because like I mean like for me like my accident wasn't planned it wasn't like <laughs> I had days or weeks or months of planning to be like oh she's gonna fall out the window yeah yeah you know and um to put in perspective Um, my, I've had two of my three children have pretty major surgeries as, um, when they're either babies or young kids. 
Um, and so we were in the PICU as a planned visit. And that's PICU is Pediatric Intensive Care Unit or PICU. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so we both had that experience of like seeing our kids sick or in danger and needing that support, but we came at it very different ways. Um, And one thing that I think is different is for me, um, being able to schedule ahead, although both of mine, um, they weren't technically emergency surgeries. We found out we needed a surgery and then you need to be here in like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so pretty fast turnaround. And um, like for me, it was the anticipation that that's where yeah. I needed the emotional support is there is this feeling of, well, either way, there's this feeling of helplessness that you're just like, um, you can't help your kid. Like you, your doctors and nurses have to do that. Yep. It's their um, job to do it. And like, and the feeling of like, I need to hurry up, but you're just waiting. Like there's not a hurry up and wait. It's wait faster. Sure. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Yes. You know, and for me, I dealt with that by just Googling everything I could possibly Google. Like, Was that helpful or was that like trauma- traumatizing for you? Um, I don't know how else to deal with it. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if I can like compare. Um, I think usually it's empowering to know you know, what the surgery is going to look like, what the recovery might look like, um, and all of those things. But it also is traumatizing a little bit just to be like knowing all of the things that could go wrong. Or like the statistics. Cause like for us, like everybody in the hospital is like, do not go on Google and research what your daughter is going through. Do not do it. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably good advice. Yeah, I, I researched after she came home, and that was really rough. That was a really rough rabbit hole to go down to be like, th- that was such a low, 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 low statistic. Yeah, she's so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and that, okay, so that is, that, yeah, that can be really traumatizing, um, the the statistics, the numbers, And for, you know, because for me, for my experience, one of the most traumatizing things was the surgeon. I mean, she is already like under anesthesia or like getting under anesthesia. We've left her. She's, you know, they've taken her back. Yeah. Surgeon comes out and tells us that um, one in every 200 kids don't wake up from this surgery. No, gosh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really small percentage, you know. 99.5% 99.5% of kids are just fine. That's uh, still... But <laughs> that... Don't talk like that. most traumatizing part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and, you know, even if you know, like, in the back of your head that, like, it's probably something like that, you know? I mean, because even before this surgery, um this is why we need trigger warnings, <laughs> but, um, so if you haven't turned it off now, turn it off now, <laughs> but you know, even before her surgery, like picking out what dress I would bury her in if I needed to, 
and like you still go there um but yeah for some reason the numbers make it worse <laughs> yeah and like for me like i i couldn't give myself i couldn't think about that i like i it crossed my mind like we could be looking at a funeral and yeah. then like, just like this thought of like no <laughs> You can't think like that because I'm a cynical, pessimistic person naturally. And so I, I like, I can't think about that. Um, like, I, I can't give myself that. That's a big difference between our two experiences is that I had those two weeks to think through all of this mm-hmm. and to go through that emotional journey. And then I got to the hospital and I had to be in you know, survival mode. I had to be there for my kid. I had to, you know, that's when I needed all that practical support where I feel like you probably had that experience backwards is that, you know, your daughter had the fall and you're immediately in emergency mode and you're, you know, you're calling 911, you're listening to the doctors, you're trying to find childcare, you're trying to figure out when you're going to eat and how you're going to drive to the different appointments and all those things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine that a lot of that emotional processing came afterwards. I I think some of it did. I think some of it definitely did. I, I went into shock um, at first. Um, like, I, I, I couldn't stop shaking. Just like, am I really saying this? Yeah. And, like, I couldn't... There was just a lot of, there was just a lot. And so it took me a minute to like really process, like being at the hospital, like all the nurses and stuff, like they're laughing and like doing their job. Um, and I, and I couldn't like keep out the feeling like you're being really cruel right now. Yeah. Even though like I consciously know like this is stuff they deal with every day. And if they don't take light of some, some stuff in their life because like this is their life like that would be miserable and burnt out so fast mm-hmm. and like consciously knowing that but like my husband and I just like in the room with our daughter and just just watching her watching all the numbers of like her um brain pressure and her breathing and her heartbeat and 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 just you're in such a different emotional space it's such a different and like and and the thing is is that like that was really hard and I'm I'm really really grateful for all the people who like prayed and um and helped us like through that and like all the thoughts and like people sending their healing energy in our direction and everything and that like I could feel that um and it was I mean, like I said, I'm like a pessimistic, <laughs> cynical person. And so like the, the thought of like, she might die from this, but like, you don't get to die. Like I worked too hard for you to get here. You don't get to. <laughs> yeah. And so like trying to hone in every ounce of, of positive anything to get to bring into that was really really hard for me mm-hmm. and like I know that people meant well 
when they would say like oh it's because of your faith that she survived like I don't but like what if she had died yeah and 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 that like like please like like this is not me like berating people like for saying that but like if she had died what then Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't mean that, like, I'm not faithful enough or that, like, other people who prayed for us, like, weren't praying or healing enough or whatever. It's not enough. It was just, like, sometimes life comes us comes with us, like, a, a horrible thing. And, like, by the grace of whatever that she has survived and, like... I don't, I don't really know all the reasons why that she was able to recover from such a serious um, accident. But, like, I do know that, like, her being encouraged, like, for people, like, th- like, that was one thing that, like, from her nurses and, and therapists and stuff, that their energy of like hyping her up so hard was like that energy matters and like for me I'd be like please don't do that but that works so well for Searsha (laughs) like all the things all the things this difference of like what different like different people need different things is part of what makes it sometimes difficult to know how to support the people in our lives because They might need different things. And also just recognizing that it's such an intense emotional experience. For everybody involved. Yeah. For everybody involved. You know, and it's hard to know how to deal with that. And so I think my advice would be to do your best to, like, start out neutral. Yes. Like, you don't need to come in with a somber look on your face and how are you doing honey okay like gosh okay i i have a little bit of a mad about that and i i need to share it yeah like the pity parties like please for the love that makes life harder because for me i feel like i have to comfort you when you came here to comfort me does that make sense yeah like do you feel that way about like pity parties (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're talking about how, like, when people are showing so much emotion that you feel like you're, it, the roles are reversed, and now you have to, like, comfort them that you're okay. hmm And that's just a whole other emotional toll. It's a, it is a lot. And, and I think that, like, coming in with compassion be like, is there, like, the neutral. There's something <laughs> I underestimated how much being neutral and just, like, everybody is getting the information like whatever it is whether it's good or bad like and like grief not like pity but like grieving with me and just like that's a hard thing is Mm -hmm. like enough um and just kind of meeting the person where they're at and kind of reflecting where you know what they need there like you know if they start joking around or sharing funny you know or if mm -hmm. they need to cry just hold them you know and if you start tearing up too that's that's fine but if you Mm -hmm. come in tearing up or if you come in 
making jokes that like you don't know how that's going to be received or how that's going to feel on the other end yeah like get a good gauge of your person whoever that person is you know and and also of where they are because sometimes you're a different person when you're going through trauma yes yeah like you know so you're being neutral and just you like said like what do you need here's what I can do here here's what we're gonna do and you know being very you know back to that practical minded you know so and so is at the babysitters I'm here I don't have to go to work until seven what can I do there's mm-hmm. a cafeteria downstairs can you want me to sit here with you what what's helpful and just to come in like with a kind of rock like strength I think is yeah. and, and calm you know that you know it's just to be a mountain it's yeah. you're calm and strong and you're stable stable is so good mm-hmm. stable so, is so good you know I, and I think that um you know going back to the common pitfalls one of them being pretending like you know the mind of god yes uh, that i think some people come at it like that because they feel that those sentiments fall into that mountain category that like oh i'm being strong and giving her strength because i'm telling her that god whatever and i think that's a pitfall because like you might think that you're projecting strength but it's it's not not, there's the undertone of like what also it like what if it isn't if it didn't fall in that category or like if we didn't get blessed in this in this way yeah and you also like um spirituality and religion even if you share a religion with someone you you just can't guarantee that you understand how that person perceives god or um, you know, spiritual aspect it is that they're going through. Um, and so it's really important to let the other person take the lead um, in not only like what practical things they need, but what spiritual things they need too. I think another um, common pitfall is the everything happens for a reason trope. Yeah. And like, please never say that. Please, like, oh, please never say that. If you really, if you're feeling that and it's going to come out your mouth, why would suggest God doesn't waste his children's pain? A lot of times we don't feel like this is happening for a reason or, or the, the Lord will consecrate this to your good or good will come of this kind of, you know, there's some situations that, you know, maybe if it happened to you, you would find the good in it. There are some things that feel like no kind God would make anyone go through this. I don't care what. And to suggest that once again, that, you know, the mind of God is it's just fraught. It's, it's a bad idea. Yeah. And so, um, I feel like those flippant remarks, it's, I know it comes from a good place. And like, sometimes like the, I understand what you're trying to say, but the delivery is painful. Yeah. Um, and so I think just. You know, and talk about talk your about where... the person. Yeah. You know, and about like where it comes from, you know, it, it may come from being compassionate, but I think part of it also comes from um, fear and loss of control. 
Yeah. And um, being able to comfort yourself. You know, and that kind of goes back to that original. You get that, you get that call or that text or whatever it is, um, making sure that you're okay first. Because yeah. I, I get the impression that a lot of times when people say that, they're saying it to themselves as much as they're saying it to you. Yeah. They're saying, this happened for a reason because that makes me feel better. Yeah. And you just can't, you can't do that. I, the, yeah. need- I think it's inappropriate. It's totally inappropriate. Yeah. You know, whatever you need to do to get yourself at an okay emotional place, you need to do that before you're trying to help the other person. Yeah. I also would say like, uh, like gauge where your relationship is with that person. Because like, let's say that you haven't, um, you got in an an argument before uh, said incident. Like that incident is not a good time to make, try to make things all better. Mm-hmm. it's it's extreme like don't take and, advantage of a horrible thing please don't do that yeah you know and I and I bet you it feels really icky to be like I you know put a crack in this relationship right when she needed me most and I think there is a like a guilt that comes with that or a disappointment and so you want to patch it up real fast yeah and <sighs> You just need to take time to just realize that, like, yeah, that's where your relationship is. And, yeah, maybe you're not going to be able to be as supportive with this person as you previously were because there is that crack. Yeah. And you just have to live with that for the time being. Yep. There will come a time, you know, like, grief does not last forever. Trauma can be processed. And there will be a time where you can go back and repair that relationship. But now is not the time. And if you can still offer practical help, you know, like you said, going back to the money. I mean, I don't care how big of a fight I was in with someone. If they're going to buy me lunch in the middle of a hospital stay, you do that. You yeah. know, especially if like we don't have to talk. <laughs> yeah. Venmo me. <laughs> we'll appreciate it. <laughs> You know, and sometimes, you know, if that's, like you said, gauging where your relationship is, maybe that's all that you can offer right now. And maybe you feel bad about that. And sorry, like, it is, it's where you are. And the priority has been shifted. That it's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. Um, so is there anything else you feel like we haven't gone over? So being able to like first take care of yourself emotionally and make sure that you're not bringing your own baggage to the situation best you can. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we all bring ourselves and sometimes we have baggage, but you know, doing your best to check that at the door, coming in neutral, being super practical, um, in the thick of things and realizing that the emotional stuff will come later and, and letting the person going through the thing kind of set that pace and set that um, kind of like the vibe. Yeah. Um, and then, and also um, just avoiding any type of meaning making or, um, like I said, trying to like describe, you know, think that you know the mind of God, just yeah. kind of 
just avoiding that minefield altogether. Or just like trying to make sense of the situation when like sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One thing about the practical help, you know, you were talking about not being able to make your own decisions a lot, but at the same time, like you don't want to be like bulldozed. You want to, you know, um, that one thing I find is really helpful is offering an example of things that you're willing to do so that the person kind of knows where you're at. Because as, you know, a lot of us have trouble asking for help. It's hard to know, am I asking for too much? Um, especially when you have a lot of needs. And if someone kind of gives you a list of, can I, can I do this, this, I can do this? You kind of like, okay, this is kind of like the category of thing that they're able to do or yeah. the amount of time and resources they're able and you don't ask them for like too much or too little yeah no I agree I I love that I I love the list thing because it it, it does give a, a sense of autonomy which I I appreciate but also like it is decisive it's not like a hundred things it's like maybe five things and I and I think that that's really really helpful yeah, so it's like less thinking, but you still have a choice. And, you know, and even if the person comes back you know, with some tweaks and stuff, you know, if a friend comes to me and be like, oh, can I bring you dinner or can I pick you up something from the store? That's a different level than do you need me to drive five hours over there and watch your kids over the weekend? Yeah. You know, and <laughs> sometimes when you're in the fog of it, you need all of those things and it's yeah. hard to know who you can ask for what. Yeah. And if you're a person who literally can only like run to the store real quick and bring you something because you have a thousand and one other things in your family, we want to know that. And we're grateful for that still. And mm-hmm. it's okay. It is yeah. okay for you to like prioritize your family and your responsibilities and just whatever you can do is always appreciated, yes. even if it's little. Um, and on that note, um, if someone does ask for something. Um, you're allowed yeah, to say no. <laughs> you're allowed to say no, absolutely. And um, but if you can um, point them in a direction that's also really really helpful. You know, that there's a big difference between being like, no, I can't do that right now, but I can do this. Or can I call someone for you? Or, um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. And like genuinely meaning it. (laughs) Yes. Just like if someone asks you for something specific, that they are putting trust in you and they're expressing a vulnerability Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely okay to say, I don't know, or I don't have the resources to do that. Um, but if at all possible, just to brainstorm a little because we are so stuck in ourselves. Like it's the difference in feeling of being brushed off versus like engaging with. Absolutely. You're right. That's what it is. So maybe the takeaway is simply if someone does ask you for something, it's okay to say no. If you do say no, make sure that you're expressing um, 
some kind of like regret over having to say no or pointing them in some different directions, giving what you can, um, because it's, it's a really yucky feeling to feel brushed off in your moment of need. Yes. So there was one more thing I wanted to mention, because I think it's something that's easily overlooked. Because I know for me, um, I overlooked it the first time I went through a big thing. Um, And so I can see how support people would overlook it. And it's the um, days and weeks afterwards, after everything is okay. So it's the couple weeks after you come home from the hospital um, where that was really surprisingly difficult for me um, because, you know, you might think that, okay, well, everything's fine now. Everybody's okay. Everyone's, you know, back home and, you know, go get back to normal. And it was really difficult for me to lose the support of having like the nurses and doctors and the like monitors. Like I so used to like seeing my baby's heartbeat and there's like, something to be said about it. yeah like those numbers like when you know what's like what's doing well and then you don't have that security of like numbers on your side yeah yeah we like went out and bought like a those finger oxygen monitors that they mm-hmm. put on the doctor at the doctors and like we made our poor daughters both of them like use it regularly just anytime we were feeling paranoid we're like you need to put this on yeah i mean understandably because there's just there's just a security is of like you know i don't know it's i feel like it's just nice to know when it's spelled out for you like when your child is okay and it's safe or like like they're just being a kid and they're worked up and they're being a kid instead of like you're dying. <laughs> yes. You know, and also like um, we had, especially for my, um, my middle child, we were at this amazing hospital that had like all these amenities. There's a children's hospital. And um, I mean, there was like therapy dogs and music therapists and like all these volunteers, you know, child life specialists. And it was so great to like have all of that support and be like, there is this whole team of people, you know, including like her surgeon and her doctor and her um, nurses and everything, like taking care of my kid and taking care of me and like making sure that we're okay. And then you go home and it's like, put this on her stitches for the next two weeks and have her take this medication. Yeah. The fallout of not having support is really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And because it's like, it's not a gradual letting go. It's like you have all these people to tell you, like to guide you. And then you don't. And then you're home. And it's, yeah, it's really stark. It's a really stark difference. It feels really sudden. Yeah. And, you know, and like, I feel like people, you know, like at church or like people I don't know as well. Are just like, oh, you're home. That's great. How'd it go? And you're like, it's still going. Like, yeah, yeah. we're not okay yet. Yep. And I like, feel like that way about like giving birth as well. Cause like oh, immediately, yeah. like the first, like maybe two and a half, three weeks, people are like really like checking you out. But like after like the two month is like, it is a ghost town and no one asks how you're doing. They ask how the baby's doing. And you're still not sleeping. 
and you're still you're very much and like for those who are sleeping like good on you but the rest of us don't sleep ever (laughs) yes yeah yeah and so I just like would encourage support people to like whatever you think the person is okay like double that time yeah like it's and like if you think you're being annoying most likely you're not most likely you're not like I I can't emphasize that enough like where oh you're probably swamped like like I appreciate like text messages because like and and I don't have the thing the feeling where like I need to reply to them immediately like that's exactly what text messages are for after my first like I got calls seven times a day by the same people uh, like how you're doing how is everything every like every day and and I had to like put my phone on silent I had to put my phone away because like it wasn't they weren't text messages they were calls as soon as it was nap like my baby wanted to nap and that was really overwhelming but like texting was <laughs> such a nice thing because like you like and give the like the space and the time like I've, I've said this before but I think that there's just something um really good about that yeah yeah and I um I've taken the tact that um I'm not responsible for setting other people's boundaries yeah like if I call you kind of late it is your fault if your phone is not on silent and you're asleep <laughs> <laughs> I or would like, agree with that. I keep track of you when your church services are. If your phone goes off in church, that's not my fault. Yes. <laughs> yep. I agree with that statement a hundred a hundred percent. Um well calling seven times a day might be more on the excessive uh, excessive side. Um, you know, I think most people err on the other side. They yeah. think the dangerous past once you know once the funeral funeral is over, once, you know, you've stopped bleeding from your miscarriage, once, you know, whatever it is, that you're okay now. Yeah. And that's not the case, the emotional damage. And like, um, to go on that, like, I have a thought on, like, giving the time and space and no judgment on when a person is wants to talk. And like, letting them pour out, like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to complain, but like, let them share that weight. And like, I don't know. I, I had a friend and she was like, I want you to know that like after the hospital, there's, it's not done and over with. And I appreciated that. Like I knew that, but like having that like second reassurance of like, it's not over. You're not out of the jungle yet of the thicket of awful like it's gonna still continue and if you need support like reach out please like and and like people checking in like every like once a week to be like are you good how are you doing how is Saoirse doing how is how are you feeling this week are you not in the dark awful spiral like do you need someone to talk to do you would you like food and like when someone just needs to pour out those emotions that are just weighing them down and like no judgment, like (laughs) there's no expiration date on needing that support. If you go through an emotional trauma and it doesn't follow 
um, the expected healing path, that's okay too. I yes, I I agree with that, and I think that there's a difference between like I mean like anniversary of things or just like something remind like just triggers and just like this reminded me of something and just like the grief ball just hit all the buttons just right that day and they just need to relieve that pressure to like let that end for that day or that week Mm -hmm. and so like giving yourself and giving someone else that grace like if it is to the point where your your loved one is like not able to function well and it's been a long time like by all means be like hey I see you're struggling really hard and I don't have any advice for you. And I really think that you should see a professional because I want you to do well. I, I really care about you and I'm really worried about you and that's not inappropriate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So was there anything else that um, you wanted to add other advice for support people? just love people. (laughs) I think that's just, that's it. It's just love people and like no judgment. Like the no, the staying neutral is, is really a powerful move to just see people and like let them and check on them. Like if they're saying like, I'm thinking that something is wrong with me, like listen and don't, don't brush them off. Don't brush them off. Like really take the time or like and if you don't have the time and resources, like like we were saying, that's the time maybe to point them towards someone professional or even just another support person sometimes, depending yeah. on what level we're talking about. You know, it's okay to not be able to give the person all the support they need. There's no one can do that. No. Um, to um, do your best not to leave the person hanging and kind of, you know, point them where you can. Yeah. That's it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Special thanks to Ashley Burton for the cover art and Lemon Music Studios for the music. Please consider subscribing and reviewing us wherever you're listening to this podcast. We hope to see you next week. Bye.